Hi, this is Kevin, and I'm here to help. Well, welcome back. We are back again, me and my beautiful wife, Micah. And I hope you really enjoyed the last episode that we put out, and we're going to hit on that here in just a sec. Today, I want to, Mike and I wanted to get together and talk about learning to be thankful for people. Um, last week, we talked about father wounds. And this week, Mike and I, we're going to do something a little different. And I hope you enjoy it. hope it's good for you. hope it's helpful. As we talk about learning to be thankful for people, I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we do it rightly. And I just want to encourage you today and just be a help to you. And I think this will help change your mindset and just might be a help to you. So stay tuned as we talk about being thankful for people. baby how you doing good how are you i'm good i, re- I really enjoyed last episode did you do you think it was a healthy people mm-hmm. i think it was too good. um had a blessing yesterday i want to tell you about it we were cleaning out our basement which is you know exciting 101 <laughs> um we, uh, me and micah and, and jay were downstairs and we were putting together things for a dump run and and uh I got a text on my cell phone, and it was our neighbor, Steve. And he just simply asked, are you guys home? And I said, yes. You know, don't know what that means, you know. I'm always a, you know, questioning person. And he texts, he goes, because I just made you some some oatmeal no-bake cookies, and I want to bring them over. And I'm like, sure. So Steve came over, and we chatted with him for a few minutes, and, uh, gave us some homemade peanut butter no-bake cookies, which we just happened to enjoy that afternoon with a cup of coffee. <gasps> we should have a cup of coffee this afternoon. But all the cookies are gone. Yeah, sorry about that. They were really good. I had the last one. I'm sorry. Um, I found this on the web. Uh, we found that on the web. And so <laughs> um, don't you love it when Siri has to pop his mouth in and tell you what's right and wrong in life? <laughs> um, but... Uh, you ever just stop and be thankful about people? Um, how easy is it, Micah, to be critical? If you were to put together a list, could you probably find somebody that has done you wrong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably many. <laughs> Have you noticed that in society, though, if you go on Facebook, that everybody's complaining about somebody? Mm-hmm. Always. It, just constantly. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And it's just by nature we we we're so easy to point out, pick apart, you know, oh, how about the grammar police on Facebook? Those are my favorite kind of people, you know. Um your your and yours and you know, those kind of things. Those are fun. <laughs> um but we live in such a negative society. And last episode Michael and me or Michael and I spoke about the pains and hurts of a father wound, of a familial wound. Um, family and leadership wounds, they go deep. They're hard. And when you have someone that close as a family member or a pastor or a teacher or a leader um, who wounds you, um, those things can be deeply scarring. Probably you and I could sit here for hours and do nothing but bitterly complain about those who have hurt us. I mean, we've done that. We've, in our um, 
a lot of our healing processes and things, talks you and I have, um, we've talked a lot about some stories about some people that have done us badly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you focus on frailties. And while that is true and why it's that's a real thing of life, wounding from other people is a real thing. And but should that be our identity? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It seems like our kids is during our kids is when they're coming up, it, this victimhood identity became really strong. Have you noticed that? Mostly when, you know, the two older ones, as they were growing up, it just seemed like everybody was a victim of something. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to be a victim of something, you know, maybe I can get some help and I wouldn't have to work and, you know, someone could write us a check, we could sue somebody and I could just sit at home and play video games all day. That'd be great. I could read Louis Lamore books all day. That would just be fun for you, wouldn't it? Me sitting around getting rather obese, doing nothing but eating popcorn and reading Louis Lamore. <laughs> but it's amazing how easily it can become of us being negative. You know what I mean? Um, so Mike and I wanted to... Yes, baby. Oh, I just heard the other day on the radio, just brought that to my mind, that um, while Jesus was on earth, you know, he had a lot of people that were mean to him and that, you know, hurt him, but he didn't focus on those people. He just focused or he didn't focus on that hurt. He yeah. just went about his business and just loved people. He didn't like dwell on the people that didn't love him or, you know, he just loved them back, but he just went forward and just loved people. We could get that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when we really strive to to have the mindset of learning to do and look for good. Mm-hmm. So Mike and I wanted to do something different today. We're going to um, just talk about, we want to give some examples. Um, we wrote down eight, I think was the number I, I, I spoke out. We might get all through all of them. We might run out of time. But we each have a listing of people. And if you're not on this list and you've been a good influence in life, please don't get upset. I just obscurely <laughs> reached into my mind, and I tried to find just obscure ones that, you know, people wouldn't think about. Um, I want to give you an example this week. Did I tell you about, about my text with Dan? Did I tell you about that? Mm-hmm. I have an old boss um, from my previous job at the school, and it was his birthday, and his wife, I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she said just, you know, Dan doesn't have a Facebook account, so if... You know, you have his phone number, you know, he reused a phone call or a text. And so I text him and I said, hey, Dan, I wanted to wish happy birthday. And I want to thank you for what you've been in my life. And I'm thankful to God for you coming into my life. I said, your, your leadership, your mentoring, your teaching me um, about facilities management allowed me to, you know, be where I am as far as my career today. Um, Dan retired and I was able with his help because a year or two before he retired, he gave me, you know, he took me into the office and taught, started teaching me the back office stuff. And from there, when he retired, I took his position for a few years. And then, um, now I have the job. I took a even huger step, huger, is that a word? Is that a word? Huger. <laughs> I took a much larger step, um, financial and career wise when I took the position I have now. Um, all because of his influence and his help and his training. Um, 
was Dan a perfect dude? Have we ever talked about Dan before? <laughs> Dan had his frailties, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I mean, what I've heard. You know, he had his frailties. Everybody has their frailties. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I started thinking about how thankful I was that God brought him into my life, into our lives. You know, back when we were hurting and didn't have, we were struggling just to pay our, just to feed our family. And Dan hired me at $12 an hour, four hours a night as a part-time night cleaner. Um, and we just took the job and worked our rear ends off. And he was, and through his help and his leadership and his, um, that we have a really decent, you know, upper management, you know, job now because of him, because of his influence and help. And I wanted to tell him thankful for that. And he wrote him back. He said, Kevin, thank you. I needed to hear that. He said, your words were very kind, undeserving, but it, it really was a blessing to me today. And boy, if we could just learn that mindset of um, just being thankful for people. So we're going to go down down our list, and I'm going to start. Um, that way Mike could get her list out while I start. I want to start with my parents. Obviously, you got to start with your parents, you know what I mean? Because, you know, if you don't, then your mother will get on an airplane, fly to Maine, and punch me in the face. Um, <laughs> but um, my parents have their frailties. They're human. But yet my parents showed me to be charactered and hardworking and faithful. Have you ever found a man f- as faithful to a woman as my dad? No. Um, my dad. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah, um, but you know it's amazing when when you look at the, my parents and they had their frailties and they had their you know their faults, but when I look at how how amazingly they were hard workers, they paid their bills, they took care of me and my brother and sister, um, and just that deep commitment um, and just learning to be thankful for that. Who you who was first on your list? My parents. <laughs> um yeah they my parents were even before my parents were saved and you know became christians and living differently they they were just good parents they always hard workers you know they took care of my sister and i um you know they went without so we could have um and as soon as they got saved, you know, they always had us in church. They always, um, you know, they always like, like if we would come home complaining about an authority, they would listen to us, you know, and they would, you know, but they would never talk badly about an authority in front of us. Um, you know, they would probably take care of it on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother Terms. marched down to the yeah. church and slapped them upside the head. But, but she was just, my parents were just really just good, faithful, um, and they still are, you know, they're still, my mom still teaches the same Sunday school class. She's taught for 30 something years. They're just very faithful people. And they just taught us, they just taught us that, you know, hardworking. Um, I remember my mom worked at Shaw's for years, carrying out groceries, you know, in the heat of the summer and winter time so that she could pay for us to go to Christian school and to college and so yeah I guess my parents would be the first I I chose all older people in my life because you know well because we're old so well I mean it just it's hard for me there's I only had 
eight people <laughs> to pick and there's so many others, but I, that's why I just went with the older people because, but my parents would definitely be on top of the list. I don't think I could have a time of thankfulness for people without mentioning James. I think mm -hmm. James was, um, met him when I was probably 10, 10 or 11 years old. We, we, um, my parents, we stopped, we changed churches and we left the Vic, uh, Vine Street and we went to, um, this other church, we went, same church that Dave and Georgia went to over by their house in that same little town where Chris and Christy lived. Mm -hmm. And um, met James. James was brought in um, as a youth pastor, just an old hillbilly from South Carolina. And then as I got into the youth group, he just, um, he left and went to a different church. And um, a few years later, you know, I dropped out of church. A few years later, my friend Stephen and um, really pushed me to come back to that new church where Jim and James were going. And I never met a man that was so in love with the Bible as him that just, he literally would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning every morning and go down to Ma's, Mom's place, I think was the name of the restaurant, because they opened at 3 o'clock in the morning. And he would get out his Bible, and he'd get out his, his memory verses and his journaling, and, and he would spend an hour or two just drinking coffee, eating a pancake, and studying God's Word. And then he'd come back and wake his kids up and get them ready for school, and then he would um, go teach at the Christian school. And I remember just the love that he had for us and the investment that he had for us. I don't. I think there's been so few outside of my parents that have invested that deeply in me as James did and you know he's gone on to heaven uh, he got cancer and he passed away a few years ago but I remember um, last time we were in Oregon we stopped by went over the house and, and knocked on the door and Linnea his wife uh, answered the door and, and I stepped into the house and just burst into tears you know the barn that we had helped him build me and Stephen helped him build that big old barn that was mm -hmm. outside their house and just the memories of that house and just tears rolling down my face. And I just, and I thanked her. I said, you, you have no idea what your guys' investment into, into my life meant. And um, I don't think I would be the, the father, the dad, the, the husband. Um, I was gonna almost said wife. Um, <laughs> that'd be a little weird. Um, that I would be today if it wasn't for their, their help. Um, because he just loved God, loved the Bible, and loved his family, and loved us. Mm -hmm. And that was so good, and it was deep, it was real. It was a real love. Um, that was that was second on my list was James. Um, second on my list would be um, the first pastor that we had, um, Pastor Miller and his wife. Um, when my mom was right after, no, they hadn't been saved yet. My mom um, lost her dad, and before that, she had lost her brother. And she always just said she just couldn't. It just was hard for her. Like, where did they go? Like, what, you know, what happened to them after they died? And and she said she just couldn't let it go. So she talked to a friend of hers, and she said, "Well, I, you know, something happened to me, and I got saved, and I can send you over my pastor who can tell you." about it she said because I don't know enough to tell you about it but I'll send you my pastor 
And so he did. He came over and he led my parents to the Lord. And I remember Carrie and I being there and we were just young. But I remember we went outside while he was talking to my parents. And um, and then he came to our house every week on his day off. I think it was on a Monday. And he would just read my parents the Bible and teach them. And we would go to church on Sunday. And until we moved from Florida, he was our pastor. And he just, he, they were just such nice good people and um I just contribute I mean like it wasn't for them I don't know if you know I think they were a huge part of my whole family getting saved so I and they're still in the ministry today they're in Scotland as missionaries (laughs) but just good people and they've always kept up with our family and they still pray for us and so yeah next one on my list and this is going to sound really weird um, is my uncle Jim. Um, uncle Jim has his frailties. <laughs> he, um, <coughs> and so, excuse me for coughing in the mic. Sorry, Mark. And, um, but uncle Jim has some serious frailties, but I remember so often there was, I remember my, my brother and sister would just butt heads with uncle Jim cause he's just a stubborn dude and he's mouthy and whatever hits his brain just comes out of his mouth at 90 miles an hour and sometimes it can be a little rough but I remember I think Uncle Jim was one of the first people that I really learned to love beside their frailties I think my my love for him and Aunt Lee um, being able to love him because I was see how um, my brother and sister treated him and sometimes deservedly, um, but not all the time. And I just chose to love Uncle Jim no matter what, no matter his, you know, some of the silly gooberish things and sometimes not nice things that would come out of his mouth sometimes. But I chose to love him no matter what. And I think that, um, and I probably should tell him, I haven't spoken to Uncle Jim and Lee in, in a few years now, and I think I should probably tell them what, um, but they were a huge influence in my life because I learned to love him besides his frailties. I know that seems like a weird one, but but I think that's needful and necessary as Christians mm-hmm. is is learning how to love people despite their struggles and despite you know their weaknesses is learning how to love people. And sometimes that's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have been in the ministry for almost thirty years. And sometimes some people are a challenge. And, um, and I think Uncle Jim was, was very pivotal in that, learning how to love someone despite their humanity and despite their weakness. Um, that was a big one for me. I know that seems like a little off of one, but, but I was thinking about it. I think that was very, I think that was needful for me, especially being min- in ministry, you know, learn how to love people despite their weaknesses. I don't know if that makes any sense. (laughs) The next one on my list is um, Pastor and Mrs. Lane. Um, You know, they were always there for our family when we first moved to Maine. And um, they were just huge in in our life growing up, especially Mrs. Lane. Like, she just taught me so much about loving people and, um, 
she was always that kind of person you could go to and, you know, tell her. And you just knew she was going to pray for you, you know. And, um, But, yeah, they were just really huge in my life, my family's life. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from her, like how to feed an army, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, how to just, um, you know, love people even when they hurt you. Um, but yeah, she was just, well, they, even, were, they were just good. Even Pastor Lane is a good example of, Pastor Lane was just, he was a goober. <laughs> um, and how and why God used Manly Lane the way he did. I mean, he was, he was a goober. <laughs> and I love goobers. Um, and yet I learned the ministry of people from him. He's not on my list, but maybe he should have been. Um, and even though he had his frailties and he had his foibles and he made some mistakes, but he, I've never seen someone forgive someone like he did. Mm -hmm. You could, you could not just stab him in the back with a, a, a knife. You could shoot him in the back at point blank range with a 12 gauge and he'd turn around and hug you. Um, and I think that was a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. I was thinking of of Andy and Becky. Um, Andy and Becky, the most servant-hearted people that his and her whole life was just deeply concerned about the souls of people, of men and women. I've never seen someone so zealous to want to give the gospel to people. Just mm -hmm. literally retires and then goes full-time in the, in the ministry into the mission field of you know, going to the fairs and things like that and just had a deep, deep love for um, people and, you know, the eternity of, of folks. Never seen someone that was that committed to try and win folks to Christ. Um, and, of course, they still treat us as family. Of course, he's Andy's gone to heaven. Um, Becky, we talk to often. But family, became family in our lives. Um what about you? The next person on my list is uh, Cindy Gibbons. She's always been, cause, you know, she was older than me, but growing up, she was, um, she was like a person that, like my friends and I could go to, um, and she didn't judge. She didn't, you know, she would just listen to us, and you just always knew she was always just. Like, I remember her saying that I was one of her favorite people, and that just, you know what I mean? Like, to say that to a kid just made, like, such a difference, you know, in my life. It's her fault we have Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's one of the people, and, and you know, like, if you asked her to pray for you, that she was going to pray. And um, she's just a very genuine friend, and just, she always loved the Lord so much, and... I don't know. I just really, she's just always been one of my people that I looked up to and still do. <laughs> I remember she walked up to, to you and she goes, you know, you need to have another little girl. I'm going to start praying you have another little girl. And I was like, oh, crap. Especially because it took us how many years to have Josh. So <laughs> yeah, it took us quite a few years to have Josh. And then all of a sudden he's like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to pray you guys need to have another little girl. And sure enough, within just a few months, you're <laughs> pregnant with Jalen. Um, I was, I was thinking about brother Bowen, um, Bob Bowen. And 
I think probably the person that showed me and taught me the reality of ministry, the hardships um, of life, serving God, um, learning to love the unlovable. Um, And I think someone who really taught me the reality of ministry and sometimes and just the hardship and the struggle. I remember that year that he stayed with us and just was so comforting and helpful even though we were in a darker time, um, but deeply cared for you and me. Um, I think he was also a pivotal person in our lives mm-hmm. um, that we should really, really deeply be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about him. Um, the next person on my list was uh, is Becky Walters. She's always been a, like such a good friend to us, and also Mr. Walters, too. But Becky was just, you know, for some reason, I remember when she came, when we first met her, um, she just kind of befriended us, both of them did. And um, and she would just always, you know, call us, text us, write, you know. She was just always encouraging and just, they just loved us. And I never understood why they loved us so much. But um, she still, you know, still calls us every now and then and. I know life gets busy and you get, you know, but whenever we talk on the phone, it's just like we just saw each other yesterday. And and she's also a person that you just know is genuine and loves you and prays for you. And um, I remember last time they were here, they came on a cruise ship and we picked them up in Portland and we spent the day with them. And that was such a good day. Um and I remember the last time we saw them walk back onto the ship and we just watched him until that his little red coat disappeared. And I know for some reason we kind of felt like that might be the last time we'd see him on this earth, but you know, and it was was just a little while later that he had passed away. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) I know this is another weird one. I was thinking about my friend, Dan Kabuji and, um, he was, he was just a church kid. He was an adult by the time, you know, I went to college and ended up being one of my bosses at the grocery store I worked at. But I remember um, about Dan being my friend and one thing that Dan taught me that it was okay to be real. It was okay to just be yourself and, you know... Um, that's where I got the whole, I'll do better, you know, <laughs> from him. Um, and so often, um, I think we forget that just those, you know, we think of the big pivotal people in our lives. But we don't think of a guy like, you know, Dan, who's just my manager and, you know, went to church with him. And, um, but I remember just, just being able to be me around him and be silly and be dumb and be mouthy and, you know, me. <laughs> and, but I remember that, um, I remember that influence that he had in my life. It was just okay to be me. Um, I thought that was pivotal. Maybe I need to tell him thank you. I don't know if he listens to me or not, but, um, <laughs> but I think that's a good one too. Um, the next one on my list is the Karens. Um, pa and, and Ma Karen, they've always been, like Karens. since we've met them, they've just latched onto us and... <laughs> Um, and just loved us, and we just look at to them like second parents, and um, 
they're another pe another one of those people that you know just love you and they pray for you and you know we could go over and talk to them anytime we could be ourselves um but they've just always loved us and you know we love them and they've just been huge and sometimes you feel like giving up and then you remember people like them you know that are cheering for you and yeah makes it easier to to hang on another day <laughs> they're just wonderful people they are yeah they've earned the title of pawn ma um mm-hmm. their last name should be kettle um <laughs> I was thinking my last one that I wanted to talk about is Paul. He was he ran the Taekwondo school that years ago, I remember when we first got to Michigan, we were not well off financially. We were struggling. And Christopher, it's all he wanted to do was martial arts. He's dad, dad, dad. And um, we just couldn't afford it. And it was right around the corner from the breakfast place we went to every now and then. <laughs> And it was he was. It's always been my dream. I always wanted to do martial arts, and so that one time that we just stepped in the back door, and he had only had just a small little tiny part of the studio, just this little tiny small place. He had just started out, and um, and we we really couldn't afford it, and you know we scrimped and scraped. So eventually we got to the point where like, I think we can do that, and and so we got a, a private lesson with. You know, the free first lesson you get with It was just them. the boys. First. It was just the boys, Josh and, and Christopher. And uh, and then um, a little while later, he looks at, at me and he goes, I think you guys, you guys try it. And uh, so we were trying to talk Tierra into it. And I told <laughs> Tierra, I said, I'll do it if you do it. And uh, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember starting in the school. And he was so gracious and so patient, so kind, and just cared for our family um almost like um eric does now with us Mm -hmm. um, our our new karate instructor um but i remember paul i I always tell this story about him trying to teach me how to do a front roll and it took weeks (laughs) and weeks he's like mr spencer put your arm here put your shoulder down you know and just over and over just the patience (laughs) of trying to teach an old dude you know how to do taekwondo and but he was a place of solace. He was a place of respite, especially when we were going through some harder times with the church and some struggles there. Um, we knew that we could put the family in the van and we could drive to Lawton and we could go into karate and you could, Jalen, play on the floor and you'd play on your phone and we would spend one or two or three hours there just sweating and kicking and screaming and hollering and and he was a place of of comfort um and um still friends today mm-hmm. and um the investment that he made in our children and in our family was invaluable just invaluable and i think i think um was just unique just a good him and and, and leslie his wife now and his mom cindy um just wonderful people that treated us like family that actually cared about us and was was a safe haven um just being with him and learning the martial arts and doing that and it was i think that was another great influence in our life um was paul um i i 
I always I write him every now and then and just thank him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For the influence that he had in, on on me and in my family, our family. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. Sometimes I forget you're here. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Looking right at you. Um, but who's your last person? Um, the last people and on my list. Sometimes they're couples, not just one person, but um, would be Pastor and Pastor Mike and Amber. Um, our pastor now. Um, it just when we came to the church, it was just you know we were just done. Yeah, we just felt tired and done and broken and and they just took us in and just loved us for for who we were and just helped us and they've just been really good friends and you know I just love the relationship that you and Pastor Britt have like not to sound weird but just to you know what I mean like um that you guys have like a close friendship and that you don't only just pastor together but that you're friends and um and I don't know they've just been there for us over the last what, seven years or so? Seven years, yeah. When we kind of were at that crossroads of, you know, we've, Drop, I don't know. Dropping a I church mean, it, ministry, yeah, not caring Yeah, like anymore. we just were at the end of our rope, and um, they just took us in, and I've never been in a church like we have now where people just love you, and we're like a family, and I'm very grateful for that. And I didn't... Like most of the people I picked on this list are older people in my life, but there's also been many friends. I didn't want to like not mention my friends. Like my friend Amy, I've had since I was 10 years old, you know, and we've gone through so much together over the last 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. I can't even say that out loud. Hardly, but 40 years, you know, she's been my friend and I know we don't get to see each other every day because we're, you know, our lives are so busy, but, you know, we can just meet up for lunch and talk and it's like we've, you know, we just pick up from where we left off and, um, and then I've had other, lots of other friends too that, you know, especially since, you know, we lost Chris, I've just, you know, these people have kept us going, you know, our friends and people I can talk to and, that don't mind listening. Um, but yeah, there's so many people. I could only pick eight, but I could probably have a list of a hundred. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to pick some just obscure ones, you know, just some different ones. Yeah. So I, to sum all this up is if you've been hurt by a family member, or a parent, a leader, a father, mother, figure, a pastor, a leader, I understand We've been through that. You and I have been through that. Mm -hmm. um, it's devastating. You need to seek healing. If you have not listened to last episode with Michael and the father wound, um, please, I just, I ask you to go back and listen to it. If it was a help to you, maybe you should go listen to it again. Um, number one, it would be good for you. And number two, it would get my listenership up. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but I understand it can be devastating. Um the last church we were at, there were some struggles there, and you and I were done. We were done. We were, we didn't want, we were about ready to forget not just the ministry, but church. We were just 
the baby in the bathwater. They were going out into the woods. We didn't care. Um, and But if you've been hurt, um, you've got to seek healing. You've got to seek healing because you can't, you can't live there. Um, have you ever been found something? You, 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 we've met people that are just bitter, just bitter, um, because those type of parental and familial father, you know, leader wounds, they can be devastating, painfully devastating. Mm -hmm. But you can't dwell on that. You can't, and you shouldn't let that be your identity. We far too often, I think people want to put on their identity of hurt like you and I we could have not our own our whole identity could be um, grieving parents you and I can have that grief and we can carry that around and we can we can walk around tearful and we'll be gone and um, but that can't be our identity that can't because we're still we're husband and wife we still have other children we have people that look to us we have jobs we have you know we have responsibilities we have a church looking to us for leadership and if all we did was have our identity and victimhood of, of the pain you know or you know because so-and-so mistreated us or pastor so-and-so or teacher so-and-so or mom and dad so-and-so did this if we made that our identity we there's no way we could even function um you've you've got to heal from that um, so the challenge I think is what Mike and I want to do today is find people that have been in your life and thank them. Send them a text, write them a note, write them a letter, send them an email, call them. That'd probably be the best thing. Call them uh, or write them an actual handwritten or typed out letter. Um, because that means so much more than just, you know, a text. Hey, thank you for being you, you know, uh, heartfelt, um, buy them chocolate Especially if you're thankful for me. Buy me chocolate. Um, just kidding. I'm not allowed to have chocolate right now. But <laughs> learn to be thankful for people. Cookies. <gasps> cookies. Steve, we're down to cookies, buddy. Um, our world is so filled with negativity. Do you think, and this isn't, this isn't a father wound or painful wound, do you think that you could become, this is a question for Micah, do you think you become bitter and hurt and wounded because of our loss of Chris and let that be your complete identity? Do you think you could you could d just delve into your sorrow so deeply that that could be all you are? Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's, there's no reality. Now. What, what would our, you know, we have other children. We have each other. We have church. Mm -hmm. We have life that still needs to be lived. We have others looking to us that... Um, we have, you know, our parents are aging and probably need to be taking care of them soon. Um, sorry, mom and dad and mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but we've got to break out of the negativity. I think you and I were talking the other day. Um, we, we got on the subject, Chris, it was when we were driving yesterday. And, um, and I've had to allow myself to make sure that, yes, the hurt of the loss, but... What I've been doing is uh, is focusing on the good and the laughter and the 23 years of goodness and the good times and the joy of raising him and loving him and having him. And what's amazing when I'm thankful for that, 
it's amazing how much more survivable the grief is is because i'm thankful for the good you know and i think that's that's the way we ought to face those wounds too of someone people have frailties they do well you don't i do <laughs> um and people are going to say things that hurt us people are going to do things that hurt us um they're going to offend us they're going to treat us badly sometimes life just sucks i've you know i was um but but we've got to learn to be thankful. And I think stopping and being thankful for the people that have influenced us for good, mm -hmm. I think I think that's where would be a really healing thing. Um, so challenge you today is to, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that. That'll teach you the, how the uh, healing from the wounding part. But then maybe t this week you could take out you know, type out an email or write a letter or send a thank you card or how about a phone call or a FaceTime and just tell that a person thank you. Um, I think that should be a, a challenge for us this week is just be thankful for um, people that have been influenced in our lives. And I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, let's do that. Go forth and be thankful. And um, I think that's a good challenge this week this was a help to you please let us know reach out to us if you want to talk here at ministry at gmail.com uh, you want you want to talk to micah she'd love to hear from you reach out through our facebook account our here to help at on facebook um, reach out and we'd love to talk to you something you need us to pray about we'll pray about with you and uh, we love you let's let's learn to be thankful learn to 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 look at those who have influenced our lives for good and say I love you, and I thank God for bringing you into my life. Um, I think every day for my wife and my children and my parents, um, because I'd be a mess if I didn't have these in my life, just a complete mess. And we've got to learn to be thankful, and we've got to learn to, to see the good. Even the sometimes, here's a fun one, even the people that have hurt us sometimes, even they have their good points. And let's make sure we stop and learn to be thankful. I hope this will help to you. Reach out. Love to hear from you. Share the, the episode. Share the podcast with those you know. We love you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.